Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Katie G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Friday, October 5th, and this is the 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting. Today, we are reading from the Big Book, Alcoholics Anonymous, and we are in the chapter, The Family Afterwards, starting on page 132 with the first paragraph, We Have Been Speaking to You. We're reading through three paragraphs, ending as an opportunity to demonstrate his omnipotence. Comments welcome on all paragraphs. Today's readers are Lauren N. for the 12 Steps, Zakia J. for the 12 Traditions, and readers of the text are Madeline R. and Kelly S. The share IDs for the Thursday, October 4th, 2018 meetings are 7 a.m., 11.999, and 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 12.001. The OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous, is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Always so our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Lauren N. to please read the 12 steps of OA. Lauren? Hi, Katie. It's Lauren N., a compulsive overeater, sugar addict from New York. We admitted we were powerless over food and that our lives had become unmanageable. Came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. We're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us, and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. 
Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Lauren. I will now ask Zakia J to please read the 12 traditions of OA. Zakia? Thank you. Thank you so much, Katie. This is Zakia J from Long Island, New York, recovering compulsive overeater. The 12 traditions of overeaters anonymous, step one, <laughs> tradition one. Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends on, upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group would never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. Least problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Tradition seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name would never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relation policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for allowing me to serve, and I'll mute. Thank you, Zakia. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book in the chapter The Family Afterwards, starting on page 132 with the first paragraph. We have been speaking to you and we are reading through three paragraphs ending with as an opportunity to demonstrate his omnipotence. Comments welcome on all paragraphs. I will now ask Madeline R. to begin reading. Madeline? 
Thank you, Katie G. Thanks, everybody, for being here. Thanks for your... Page 132, first full paragraph. We have been seeking to, speaking to you of serious, sometimes tragic things. We have been dealing with alcohol in its worst aspect. But we aren't a glum lot. If newcomers could see no joy or fun in our existence, they wouldn't want it. We absolutely insist on enjoying life. We try not to indulge in cynicism over the state of the nations, nor do we carry the world's troubles on our shoulders. When we see a man sinking into the mire that is alcoholism, we give him first aid and place what we have at his disposal. For his sake, we do not recount and almost relive, I'm sorry, <laughs> for his sake, we do recount and almost relive the horrors of our past. But those of us who have tried to shoulder the entire burden and trouble of others finds we are soon overcome by them. So we think cheerfulness and laughter make for usefulness. Outsiders are sometimes shocked when we burst into merriment over a seemingly tragic experience out of the past. But why shouldn't we laugh? We have recovered and have been given the power to help others. Everybody knows that those in bad health and those who seldom play do not laugh much. So let each family play together or separately as much as their circumstances warrant. We are sure God wants us to be happy, joyous, and free. We cannot, we cannot subscribe to the belief that this life is a veil of tears though it once was just that for many of us. But it is clear that we made our own misery. God didn't do it. Avoid then the deliberate manufacture of misery. But if trouble comes, cheerfully capitalize it as an opportunity to demonstrate his omnipotence. <sighs> okay, I'm going to set my timer for three minutes. I love these couple of paragraphs and I hadn't read them in a long time uh, until going through them again. And it is alcoholism, cunning, baffling, powerful. And alone it is too much for us. And then we find a home in Overeaters Anonymous. I'm not saying that I don't feel glum. I'm saying today that I have a solution and I don't feel glum all the time anymore. And the most important thing for me to do is realize that was what was restored in me, it says we have been given and have been given the power to help others. We have recovered and been given the power to help others. I have my freedom of choice restored. I had totally lost the freedom of choice. I lived in a tragic world. I walked around as a victim. I walked around having no choice but to take the first bite and the last bite and everything in between. And then I met that person who was enjoying life, who was going through trouble, and who was walking through tall with fellow travelers with God. And so it's important for me to be able to pass that on. And so I'm not passing on... Um, uh, pass, passing on a message that is 
uh, sour, sourful, um, that's a difficult. I have to make choices not to eat certain things. I have to go to parties and watch other people eat certain things that I can't eat. No, that's not my message. My message today that I was taught, that I was so feel, freely given by somebody that I saw taking things lightly, I was given the message of there is something greater than us. There is someone that could help us. There is God. There are fellow travelers. And I loved when it said that we avoid cynicism over the state of of the nations. And for me, the most important thing to realize is to keep my eyes on my own plate. And yes, newcomers are suffering. They're struggling as I was. And it's important for me to identify. It's also important for me to not fall back in the trap, but to teach what I have been so freely given, the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous, a way, a pathway you know, to walk through the arches that are so so well explained all throughout the book. And we are restored to a power of choice by an all-knowing, all-caring, all-loving, all-doing power, omnipotence. I can't, God can, I guess I'll let him. If I walk around with my head hanging low, it's my time where I'll just pass, what will be an attraction to this program? Because that is my role. Attraction, not promotion. Walking, not only talking the talk, but walking the walk. So I am going to avoid deliberate manufacture of misery and live in the solution today with all of you. And I so appreciate being here. And my timer went off, so I'm going to stop. And i um, anxious to hear everybody else's share. And thanks for letting me be of service. Madeline R., recovered in Pennsylvania. Thanks, Katie G. I'll pass. Thanks, Madeline. Okay, so um, if you're just getting on the line, I'm just going to remind everyone we are on the Family Afterwards chapter. Starting on page 132 with the first paragraph, we have been speaking to you. We are reading through three paragraphs, ending as an opportunity to demonstrate his omnipotence, welcoming comments on all paragraphs. And it sounds like we've got some people ready to share, so please say your name. Jackie Berita. I got Kim Jackie G. B. I got Dorita. I got Kim. Lisa I got Lisa B. Now, who's the gentleman that said my name? What? Was that Larry? Did you say get Larry? Did you say Gabby or Katie? I'm, I'm That's... feeling very glum. I'm feeling very glum. Okay. One, two. Can we have one more? Okay. I heard Reva P. And the rest of you, um, I promise, we'll get to you after our first lineup. So if you are not Jackie B., Please press star one, but I'm just going to, for everybody's uh, help, I'm going to read the list I do, that we're going to go with, and I apologize for my ears. Jackie B., Dorita P., Kim G., Lisa P., oh, excuse me, Lisa B., Larry K., and Reva P. So um, we'll start with that. Jackie B., uh, please go ahead. Hi, I'm Jackie B. from the Bronx. Thank you so much. Can I be heard? You can, Jackie. Okay. Um, thank you so much. This was an awesome, awesome read uh, and an awesome share. Uh, matter of fact, she said almost everything that, you know, I identify with. Um, what I really want to say is, and I got from this chapter is, is I was born in a household where depression was a great um, issue. And, you know, I've come to realize that I don't have to live in um you know resentment frustration 
anger, um, depression. There are tools, and the tools are working this recovery one day at a time. Um, On my lowest day, being um, abstinent, being present has been so valuable that it's amazing to me. I am present for my family. I am present for my job. Um, Even now, I'm on this line and I've had a headache for four days, still abstinent, still recovering, still doing what I'm supposed to do every single day and available to be of service. And that's amazing to me. I used to think that there was no value in Jackie, and today I have value. You know, a smile, a hello, a goodbye, um, you matter, good morning. You know, these are all things that I took for granted that now have value. Um, So no matter where you are in your program, it can get better. It will get better if you're willing to put down the food and be present, okay? And all we ask is that you share your experience, strength, and hope and give what we've been given freely, the steps through the big book and putting down the substances that trigger the obsession of the mind. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Sorry about that. I'm having a little trouble with my mute. <laughs> All right, we're now going to have Jackie. Uh, excuse me, that was Jackie. We're going to have Dorita P. followed by Kim G. Dorita? Thank you, Katie G. My name is Dorita P. and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Cleveland, Ohio. So this second paragraph that was read says, um, so we think cheerfulness and laughter make for usefulness. Um, outsiders are sometimes shocked when we burst into merriment over a seemingly tragic experience out of the past. But why shouldn't we laugh? We have recovered. We have been given the power to help others. Yes, yes, yes. So um, maybe the most embarrassing thing in my life, um, which um, looking back on it, and I don't know that I've ever been um, embarrassed about it. Um, so I was young uh, and and uh, very troubled, and I um, walked down the street with uh, no clothes on, walked down this main street with no clothes on. And um, that would have been um, embarrassed. Like I said, I don't know if I've ever been embarrassed because the next day I – went to the same area and hung out at the same place uh, it happened. So, uh, but today I'm, I'm, I'm really not embarrassed. Uh, and I tell that story so that if anybody is troubled or that troubled, um, you know, they can come to me. And, um, and I laugh about it. So when I share it, like in a lead or whenever, I, I laugh about it and make jokes about it. And also, I was suicidal, and I make jokes about what happened there. And, um, and I just wanted to uh, uh, go here. The, the last uh, sentence of what we read in the third paragraph says, um, avoid then the deliberate man- manufacture of misery, but if trouble comes, cheerfully capitalize it as an opportunity to demonstrate his omnipotence. Yes. Uh, so I was discriminated against. 
um, in the last, well, it was confirmed like yesterday. And I've been discriminated against before, uh, I'm positive, but uh, this was the most blatant, the most blatant. And so um, and I said, well, these racist people, I'm going to like be mean to them as they were mean to me, but I'm not going to be mean to them. I'm going to be loving to them. And I believe like racist people are sick people and I really feel sorry for them, you know, but my first reaction is that I'm hurt. I'm real hurt about it. Um, but I'm just really grateful. And I, and I have this opportunity to demonstrate his omnipotence through me. So I'm just really grateful for this program. Thank you for allowing me to share Katie G and I love you. Take care. Bye. Thank you, Dorita. And we'll now have Kim G, followed by Lisa B. Kim, go ahead. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, everyone. My name is Kim G. I'm a recovered compulsive reader from South Jersey. And I'm going to contrast two of these uh, sentences in here, which really hit me this morning. The first one is, but those who have tried to shoulder the entire burden and trouble of others find we are soon overcome by them. And contrast that with, um, but why shouldn't we laugh? We have recovered and we've been given the power to help others. And, and this just kind of mimics my own experience of trying to sponsor via the fellowship versus sponsoring through the big book. You know, in step one, I admitted I was powerless over food and my life was unmanageable. But for the first couple decades in OA, what I would do in step 12 is I would try to manage other people's lives. You know, I would be their diet buddy. I would be their life coach. I'd be their overlord in all honesty. And it was exhausting. I could only sponsor like one person because I was ruling their whole entire life. You know, and then I get this big book and I've recovered and I've been given the power to help others. And what that means to me is I'm teaching this book. I'm, my goal is to get someone a connection with their higher power, not with me, that I'm there to witness that my own experience is possible for you. I'm there to show you these steps, not tell you about these steps. You know, and I notice that it does. It says that we've been given the power to help others. I haven't been given the power to help myself. You know, in step 10, I am having daily contact with recovered people. In step 11, I'm having daily contact with my higher power. And in step 12, I'm having daily contact to help others, which is the key. Because, see, I learned in step three that my problem is I'm selfish and self-centered. And the only time I'm not thinking about you, I mean, thinking about me, is when I'm thinking about you. And I wanted to share something else. I was at this great meeting last night, this meeting that this, this guy who leads it, we laugh because we are so not a glum lot. And we were talking about step, in, step 10 and 11. And the thing we talked about is that step 10 and 11 is so simple, and yet we complicate it so much that none of us do it. You know, the step four through nine is that deep cleaning, that, that, that clearing out of all the blocks. And 10, 11 is the daily maintenance. But being this glum lot, being this complicated the thing we do it, is that we make 10 and 11 so complicated. It's like we clean the house to do that spring cleaning in four through nine. And then in 10 and 11, I'm being asked to, do this, to clean my house every single day from top to bottom. And it's so complicated, I don't do it. When really step 11 and 10 is, is that you're just going to clean a little bit of the house. And if you clean a little bit of the house every day, the house stays clean. So what I'm seeing in these paragraphs is that we need to take this disease seriously, ourselves lightly. And the closer we stay aligned to these clear-cut directions, the more freedom that I feel. And that freedom doesn't come from me. 
It comes from my connection with my higher power, with recovered fellows, and with the still suffering. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Kim. And we will now have Lisa B, followed by Larry K. Lisa, go ahead. Good morning, Katie. Thank you. My name is Lisa B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. And I am just really um, awestruck with this reading. I've never read this before, and it was so powerful hearing the reader share um, her experience with this reading and then hearing everyone else and hearing the reading. It's just been amazing for me. Um, I I wanted to share on the word joy. Um, joy is a feeling of great pleasure and happiness. And that's always been something that's been difficult for me to allow, to feel because I have been such a, a person that uh, has been drawn to misery, hyper-examination, over-studying, over, um, over-trying to figure things out. And the third step is such an amazing step because I learned through that step, um, well, the decision to go forward with the steps and get recovered. But when I think of the words in that prayer, um, take away my difficulties that victory over them would bear witness to those I would help. So that's my purpose today is to demonstrate this omnipotence that has come into my life. It's always been inside of me. And omnipotence is the equality of having unlimited or very great power. Having this relationship with power, my problem was a lack of power. And I love what was just shared about overcomplicating things. And I'm so grateful for 10 Steps today because in doing my daily 10 Steps, the moment I'm disturbed, I see how I am creating the misery once again and taking my eye off of what my purpose is. So um, I almost feel humbled by the reading, but I just wanted to chime in because I want to be in the middle of OA and I just I just felt led to share. So I want to just encourage people to get recovered. That's what I have to say. Thank you. I pass. Thanks, Lisa. Awesome. And uh, we'll now have Larry Kay, followed by Reva P. Larry, go ahead. Thanks, Katie. Thanks, boy. I'm not a glumbot this morning. I am. Um, you know, I, I mean, I can remember, you know, um, having every conceivable food group smeared somewhere on my uh, on my shirt. You know, I can remember literally busted windshields and busted dreams and busted relationships. See, I, re I remember what that was like. I spent far more time practicing this disease than in than being recovered. So. So those memories are not too far from me, right? And, you know, there was, I mean, it's a miracle. And, and you, I, go to a, I go to a meeting Saturday mornings and, you know, we are, we're deadly earnest once we get into the material. But if you walked into that room, I've seen people walk out. There's laughter because people are coming in. They're crawling in sometimes if you're a newcomer and you see laughter. You, you, may, you may have some conjecture about it, you know. You may, there may be some guesswork and some, pre, you know, some presumptions on your part. That, what, what, what's going on here? What is this? These are people who are free. They've crossed the bridge to freedom. I've crossed the bridge to freedom. Freedom is not free. We hear that. It takes work in the steps. But this is a miracle. A miracle is some sort of surprising 
and welcome event. Yeah, it was welcome. And it's not explicable, can't be explained by natural or scientific laws. And therefore, it's considered to be the work of divine agency. I think that means something about the spirit. I think so. I think so. So, you know, there was a lot of presumptions on my part. Just wrapping up, there was a lot of presumptions. I had presumptions about a lot of things that one had to be morose, one had to come in, and there had to be a lot of tears in order to cross the bridge to freedom. No, this program, these steps are ridiculously simple. Now, they are hard to work. But if you're willing to work them, the program is absurdly simple. And it's meant to be done quickly. I'm no longer a glum person anymore. Thank God. God did for me, effectuated a change that I could not effectuate for myself. And I don't even know what effectuate means. With that, I pass. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you, Larry. And we all now have Reva P. And then we're going to open up the lines again. And hopefully I'll hear your name. Reva, go ahead. Good morning. This is Reva P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Toronto. I find it so interesting that he uses so many different ways of telling us that um, we are to be happy, joyous, and free. Um, And, you know, when I first read this years ago, I thought, okay, I'm supposed to be happy, joyous, and free. Now I have to have fun, and I'm going to put, like, fun on my mental list of things to do. Um, and, And that's not... I don't think what they mean because I cannot will myself to do anything, including being happy, joyous, and free. And the way I am graced with joy is by unblocking, putting the food down, working the steps, and the joy just comes and it unfolds. Um, But when I try to make myself... um, that way, it never, never works. Um, the other thing that struck me is um, that I make my own misery. And I was very offended when I first read that because it felt like it's my fault. Um, and I think what I'm understanding is through working the steps and looking at my thinking, you know, there's a difference. It talks about that we, we will have... Um, troubles. We will have challenges. And I'm certainly getting lots of practice with that these days. Um, But there's a difference between suffering and pain. And a lot of my suffering has to do with my thinking and my mindset. And when I start not trusting God, I think God has dropped me because I didn't get what I want or things aren't working the way I want. Um, But if I stay close and press into the steps, which is press into this power, I capitalize on those awful challenges of life and their opportunities for me. And I'm always amazed because God, God comes through always, always. Um, and it takes a lot of work, but it really is amazing that no matter what, we come out sort of joyful, or I do anyway, and grateful. And uh, with that, I pass. Thank you, Reva. Okay, so let me just remind everyone where we are before we uh, before we take some more voices. 
We are in the chapter. The fire afterwards. Nessa, give me one second. I do hear you, but I just want to let everybody know where we are. Thanks for your enthusiasm. We're starting on page 132 with the first paragraph. We have been speaking to you. We're reading through three paragraphs ending as an opportunity to demonstrate his omnipotence. And I'm going to do the best I can to hear everybody's voice. I did hear Nessa R. Who else do we have? Julie, Julie, Julie R. Harlan G. All right, Alice, Martha me. M, Julie R, Harlan G, Kelly, Kelly, Kelly. hang on, uh, Kelly E Y, one, two, three, four, five, one more. Terry, Jen A. All right, I got Terry, Melissa, and Jen. That's a longer list than we normally take, but we're gonna go with it and see what we can do. So here's who I have. Please, everyone, press star one. And I apologize if I didn't hear your name. I have Nessa R, Marcia M, maybe, Julie R, Harlan G, Kelly S, Terry, I think, N, Melissa C, and Jen A. And we're going to do our best to get through everybody. So if everyone is mindful of their time, I'm excited to hear you all, too. So if you're not Nessa R, press star 1 and mute your phone. Go ahead, Nessa. Hi, good morning, Vision for You. This is Nessa R, Recovered uh, Compulsive Overeater in Toronto, Canada. And I'm so sorry, Katie, that I um, bulldozed over your words. I was unmuted and I should have paused to hear where, where we were in the, uh, in the format, so I apologize. Um, you know, when I um, hear, when I read this part of the, um, of the big book, you know, about the levity and the joy in meetings, um, I feel sad. Um, I feel sad because that has not been my experience in most of the OA meetings that I have attended here. You know, I do find um, a lot of glum lots. And I think this ties into the fact that we are, we literally manufacture our own misery. You know, it says in, in, in how it works that, you know, there are troubles arise out of ourselves, you know, our selfishness and our self centeredness. And the way to get rid of that is um, very simple, as has been shared before. It's, you know, working the steps according to the big book um, in entire abstinence, and that's all we have to do. And then as we become recovered, you know, the joy comes. The joy comes. Um, And then uh, we bring that to meetings. Then the meetings become joyful and, and, and fun and, and, and happy and, you know, uh, very welcoming. But when that doesn't take place, then we get the kind of meetings that I have been to. And so when I read this, it tells me that it behooves, especially people on this line, a line that studies the big book, a, lie, a, a, a line um, that buys into the fact that recovery comes through the 12 steps according to the big book, uh, working in entire abstinence. It behooves all of us to do just that, to recover, and then go to those glum and, and, and sad meetings and bring the message, and bring the message, try to carry the message. I mean, the, the meetings where I can make the most impact are those meetings that we called, that we called, you know, the so-called meetings that are sick, you know, 
where there are not a lot of recovered people. That those are the meetings that need to bring the mess that, that need to hear the message, and that's where I can make the most impact. So you know, um, I I get sad when I read this. I don't get depressed though because it just tells me I have work to do. You know, step twelve. You know, trying to carry the message. This tells me where to carry the message to bring it to people who um, haven't recovered. And um, um, I just I just can't stress this enough. Uh, everybody wants to go to meetings that um, have a lot of recovered people. But once we are recovered, you know, we need to go um, to find um, those who aren't and spread this beautiful message. And with that, I pass. Excellent, Nessa. Okay, so now we'll have Marcia M., I think, and then Julie R. Is it Marcia? Hi, Katie. It's Marcia. Marcia M. Marcia. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, I can. Okay. Go ahead. Sorry. Okay. Thanks. That's okay. Thanks for your service today. Um, this, these three paragraphs just yelled at me this morning. I wasn't going to share. I was going to just sit and listen. And all of a sudden, all these words jumped out of the page at me and said, Marcia, this is a blueprint for living for you as a recovered woman, because I've been struggling this week with everything that's going around and going on in our nation. And I thought, okay, I'm going to read these paragraphs and I'm going to circle everything that's a blueprint for me to be doing so that I don't think about myself and I think about others. So here's what I've circled. I circled, um, we have to have joy, joy or fun in our existence. That's the program of attraction. This program is a program of attraction. I circled that we insist on enjoying life. We need to not indulge in cynicism. We need to not carry the world's troubles on our shoulders. We need to make sure that we don't carry the entire burden. We have to make sure that we don't get overcome by those burdens. We need to think cheerfulness and laughter make for usefulness. We need to laugh. We, we are recovered. We have been given the power to help others. We have to be joyous, happy, and free. We have to remember life is not a veil of tears. We, have, we can't make our own misery. We are to avoid doing that. We avoid the manufacture of misery. We cheerfully capitalize and we demonstrate his omnipotence. So in other words, it says to me, don't wallow around in the mud, Marsha. Do not worry about what's happening in our nation. My purpose is to be recovered and help others. And that's what I'm to concentrate on. So in these three paragraphs, we have this entire book telling us this is supposed to be my program for recovery and my blueprint for living. And I am so thankful that this just yelled at me this morning. So hopefully I'm not yelling to you, but I'm passing it on. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Marsha. And now we have Miss Julie R. from California and Harlan G. from Arizona. Go ahead, Miss Julie. Hi, thank you, Katie. Julie R. Recovered Compulsive Overeater in California. Oh, my gosh, there is so much stuff. You know, yes, it's the first thing. We have been speaking to you of serious, sometimes tragic things. Yeah, you know, I had a horrific childhood. Who cares? You know, I have had things happen to me that people would cringe. Who cares? You know, I am a recovered woman. So as a recovered woman, what is my right and my responsibility? To be of maximum service to others, to 
take them through the steps. So how do I do that? By being real. And it's not just take, it's not just talking about in the rooms here. The chapter is called The Family Afterwards. All the times I moped around because I was so depressed, poor me, gaining more weight, in relapse again, blah, blah, blah. I am not glum. As if you know me on a personal level. I am like gregarious. I'm outgoing. I have fun. I, and it says we insist on it. You know, God gave me a new lease on life as a result of working this, all of these steps, living in the steps, not just to sit there and be depressed, not to mope around, not to yell and scream at people on how, what, what they're supposed to do. I am full of life. Yes, I have things happen to me on a, on daily basis sometimes, but you know what? I have had a new lease on life, a new design, right? That's what this, the big book promises us. So how am I going to do that? How am I going to help another still suffering compulsive overeater by, yeah, letting them know how it was, how I, how I worked the steps, and how I live my life now. But I have to demonstrate this in everywhere, every facet of my life, at my job, at home, at the grocery store, when I'm driving a car, all of those things. We had so much fun at work yesterday after the last three weeks of hell. And my team and I, we were rolling on the ground almost. And I am, I am so happy to be alive. And when I say alive, I mean awake, awake spiritually, unblocked. And we get this message by good sponsorship, by doing what it says in the book, and by giving it away. And we do so happily. And, you know, if you're new, get a big book sponsor. Do this work because it's going to save your life. And, you know, you will be able to experience joy no matter what happened to you. And with that, I pass. Okay, Julie, thank you. And now we'll have Harlan G. followed by Kelly with an EY. Harlan, go ahead. <laughs> thank you, Katie G. And thank you to Gabriella for letting us have your mom to do service this morning. And thank you to Team Friday for making this meeting possible. I'm Harlan G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Scottsdale, Arizona. No longer sweltering, thank God. The freshness date on all the tragedies that befell me has expired. Everything from right now on is what I have to live for. And when I first came into this program, I left. I came back and I left, I came back and I left, I came back and I stayed. And somebody very wise came up to me because I was going to at least nine to ten meetings a week. And I was completely immersed in OA service and I was completely immersed in step work because that's what I needed to do at that time. And somebody very wise came up to me and said, do not live to recover. Recover to live. Live your life. Yes, make recovery number one. That's job one. Nobody's questioning that. But have a little fun. One of the most beautiful sounds I've ever heard in my entire life is the laughter and the camaraderie at conventions and retreats 
and some of our meetings here in Scottsdale. The people who haven't seen each other for a while or the people who see each other all the time. There is a camaraderie. There is a beauty to it. We are as survivors of a shipwreck. And we have something that no one else has. The knowledge that we have overcome with God's help this horrific disease, this horrific illness for today. For today. No permanent cures, but for today, God's omnipotence has allowed me to say to you, yesterday, I did not overeat anything. That's all I got. But it is, it is beautiful. It's beautiful. And it is the most fantastic way to live. But we have to live it. We have to live it. We do not, re- we do not live to recover. We recover to live. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. Excellent, Harlan. All right, Kelly E.Y., followed by Terry N. Kelly, go ahead. Thank you so much, Katie, for your service. Kelly E.Y. in Tulsa, Oklahoma, recovered. Grateful to be here. And what great paragraphs. And funny thing is, um, I live in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and we have a face-to-face meeting called the 132 page page 132 club and we start our meeting with these paragraphs um, because we all need to be reminded I need to be reminded of this and um, you know it talks about for his sake we do recount and almost relive the horrors of of our past why do we do this because I know I needed to hear it I need to hear that you guys understood the pain that I'd gone through because I was just sure in my terminal uniqueness nobody understood me. Nobody had it as bad as me. Yeah, you guys had recovery, but if you had my life, right? So I had to recount and almost relive the horrors of the past. And I heard that when I started listening to Vision too. You know, I started I listened to people who shared that. But then what I heard was this cheerfulness and laughter, right? I heard people working this program, having neutrality with food, with peace of mind, working the steps, you know, learning to do life with cheerfulness and laughter. And, you know, it says we have recovered and have been given the power to help others. And, um, you know, I just think to myself, you know, it is. It's a program of service. And the very last part when it talks about, you know, we uh, – If trouble comes, cheerfully capitalize it as an opportunity to demonstrate his omnipotence. Well, once again, it's telling me, you know, I'm not getting this spiritual power just so that I can be happy, joyous, and free for myself. I'm doing it as it talks about, you know, to be of service to others, to demonstrate to others his omnipotence. And as I said earlier, this is the chapter of the family afterwards because I want to show everybody, not just my family, but people outside of these rooms, you know, that this way of life is... The way of life, you know, it's it, it's unbelievable, you know. Um, we are sure God wants us to be happy, joyous, and free. We cannot subscribe to the belief that this life is a veil of tears, which I always thought it was. You know, I was a manufacturer of my own misery, right? You know, I did capitalize on that. And, you know, today I'm learning to keep the food down and work the steps. And I want to show everybody in my family, and I'm so grateful today that I am doing that. You know, I do have neutrality with food, and, you know, as I work the steps, I'm, my, my dimmer switch is coming on. I'm getting closer to my higher power, and I am an example of being a recovered woman. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Katie, for your service. Fantastic, Kelly. Okay, now we'll have Terry and followed by Melissa C. Terry, go ahead. Good morning, Katie. Thank you for your service. This is Terry N. calling from Sweetsburg, New Jersey, recovered compulsive overeater. 
Um, so grateful that I got the opportunity to share. This is just so many wonderful things in these paragraphs. This has been an awesome meeting for me, and I'm so grateful for everybody that shared on the line. It's just been wonderful. Um, I've been feeling a little glum lately, and that's not my norm, and this meeting is really helping me a lot And because I am not normally very glum, very happy, cheerful. I love laughter, um, so I'm happy to be joy happy, joyous, and free, and it's all because of being abstinent and working this program of recovery that I've been given the opportunity to be happy, joyous, and free. And I've been given the opportunity to share my experience, strength, and hope and try to help someone else. And it's just been amazing. I don't have that, I don't have to in, endure day-to-day -day life. I get to enjoy my life. I get to live and, in, and experience what it is to live. Like I've, I've heard on this meeting, you know, I'm awake and, and freedom doesn't come free and I had to do the work and just so many things that I've heard in this meeting have really been amazing. And it's important for me to share that I don't, it's not like drudgery. It's, it's amazing. And, you know, and I've shared this before that I'm facing something that could be potentially serious health problem. And, you know, I can use that, cheerfully capitalize it as an opportunity to demonstrate his omnipotence. And that's my prayer today, that whatever I face, that I will be able to get through it serenely and with God's help. And I, when I first got this information, I, my first reaction as a result of working this program was, this is an opportunity for me to get closer to my higher power. And what a blessing. That's a miracle. And thank you so much for letting me share. I pass. Thank you, Terry. And it looks like we have about six minutes left. Uh, Melissa C., go ahead, and then we'll finish up with Jenna. Melissa, go ahead. Hi. Good morning, Katie J. Thank you so much for your service. It's Melissa C. Recovered, compulsive overeater in New York. And just tell me the time when it's time because I can't see my timer. Um, I love, love, love this part. I'm so happy that I can share on it. Um, I like, I do. I, I wear a smile. I just, that is, thankfully, that's my resting face. I don't have the resting face syndrome. I do. I have a resting smile, and that sort of, I think that's, you know, that's the God inside of me. God has given me um, a big smile, and um, and even when times have been really rough in my life, um, God continues to give me this smile, that the ability to laugh and find joy, and um, I'm really lucky, you know, I have, um, I love that we're talking about the family afterward, because I have, I have a partner in my life, my husband, who shares this, you know, um, and not this disease, but shares this sort of natural smile. And um, and so we've been going through some really rough times. And the crazy thing is, like, with the kids, the crazy thing is he and I laugh. Like, I mean, it sounds ridiculous that we're laughing. You know, our kids suffer from some mental illness. And yet we crack on the side some some jokes like him and I about this, like, holy crap, look what we've got here. And it's not, you know, and I, I think I think it's a gift to my children. I really do. I think that it shows God's beautiful, beautiful power. 
that um, I have faith in God. I don't have to shed a million tears when times are rough. I've, I've cried enough, you know, and, I'm, and I know it's not fake smiling, you know, because I still can cry too. But I can find my happy. And, um, and there's a meditation. I did it this morning. Um, it's a short little meditation that, that's a smile. And it talks about the endorphins that's released, you know, those feel-good things. And a smile is contagious, so it really is a gift. Because when you smile at someone, you, you kind of almost force them, you know, or incite a smile back. And so you're helping them, too. You're giving them endorphins as well. And, um, you know, I'm just I'm really grateful that God has given me the ability to have humor and laughter and joy and the great release from, you know, freedom from the food is I have genuine, I have a genuine reason to smile. I know God finds me in my darkest days, and I have faith that God can find anyone in their darkest days. And um, thank you so much with that. Thank you, and we'll wrap up with Jen N. We've got about two and a half minutes, Jen. Go ahead when you're ready. Thanks, Katie G. On your mark, get set, go. Uh, my name is Jen A. I'm recovered, compulsive overeater, anorexic, and bulimic from the state of Colorado. Um, I came into this program glum, dumb, doomed, and dying, right? Poor me, Jen Marie. That was my thing. And um, you all showed me um, through your smiles, your love, your laughter, um, that I could recover from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. Um, and that's what I love what we're reading today is, I, I don't know about you guys, but I have we, 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 we circled all throughout this um, uh, reading. And um, I can't do this on my own. You see, I came in on my own, me. Um, I avoided life and people. I was miserable in food and relationships and in life. Life was tragic. Um, you know, um, today life is triumphant. Um, and all I remember was going to meetings, and all I heard was this mess, 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 mess. I didn't hear a message at all. And then I came into um, the rooms of uh, Big Book Study um, and Alcoholics Anonymous, and I heard um, the truth. And the truth set me free. And it was on these pages in black and white. It was the 12 steps. And the spiritual awakening came in into my soul, and that was miraculous. And it continues, that dimmer switch keeps getting brighter and brighter every single day. Um, but it isn't without um, you all. It isn't without you sharing your experience, strength, and hope. And um, teaching me how to share mine, right? What life was like, what happened to me, and what it's like now. And I've learned that. I've learned that on these lines. And I thank God um, for this meeting, this morning meeting called A Vision for You, because um, it definitely has um, helped grow me um, emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually, in, in all aspects. So today I can be happy. I can be cheerful. I can be joyous. I can be, be useful, right? And the best part is that I've got it, and I get to give it away to somebody else. And so I just say today that if you're out there on the lines and you have this and you are feeling happy, cheerful, joyous, useful, free in the food, that you take it to a meeting, a face-to-face -face meeting where people are dying doomed and do not hear the message. They hear a mess. And with that, I'll pass. Wow, fantastic. You guys were on point today. Thank you so much. What a beautiful meeting. So we are going to... I'm going to thank all of you who shared. Um, please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. 
And the share ID for today's meeting, so that would be Friday, October 5th, 2018, is 12006. <clears throat> That's 12006. We will now close with the reading from the Big Book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. And will Kelly S. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Yes, I will. Kelly S. recovered in Oklahoma. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation to what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that our, your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.